Hi, welcome to Gender Nebulous. I'm Frida Wallace, and this is Victoria Hodges. Again. Again. So what have we been up to, Victoria? Oh, we've had a busy weekend, haven't we? Yeah, we've not stopped really, have we? We've been um yeah. gallivanting, gallivanting and being on the BBC. So we, we yeah, we were on the um the BBC on the upload show on BBC You see, Radio you see normally BBC is a porn category as far as I'm concerned, but in this <laughs> in this instance it was some serious business. Yes, it wasn't that it was David Scott's <laughs> upload show and it was on um yesterday evening at six and we, we had a little segment at six thirty five. And you, talking you, about gender nebulous. And you know, I like I like to get on the BBC. Yeah, I bet you do. But um, <laughs> we didn't even get paid. I mean, what's up with that? You know, we will eventually. That's the eventually, thing. Yeah, it's a trickle down economics. Trickle down. It's not trickling <laughs> down far enough. So yeah, and then we went to Manchester, didn't we? We did. You you can explain that one because I'm not sure what it was. Well, we went was to uh, Slay, which is. Uh, um we call an art event and a fetish party and i did some spoken word performance which, you did uh, you had the uh, megaphone out but it was so cold wasn't it and i was like oh god because I, I like to strip off it and i like it was freezing yeah my plan see my part of my performance is i wear a wedding dress and underneath i have like you know like underwear and i was supposed to strip off but i can't do it because it's just too cold it was freezing in there but it was i mean it was an old warehouse well it wasn't that old but it was it was a warehouse it was an industrial unit industrial unit yeah and um so there was there was four acts Mm. first one was um, poems. reading out some poetry a couple of poems which were which were really good they were long yeah. but they were good yeah um and then there was a I'm not sure what it was called but it, i'm not sure how to describe that Frida. bondage I, it was a it bondage was a exhibition bondage exhibition yeah yeah it was a bondage kind of uh like boy scouts but at a different <laughs> level i think lots of tying up and teasing in for for, for as a kind of performance yeah, it was all very tastefully done. Yeah. But it was, yeah, it was good. I enjoyed that. And then it was me. And we had Miss Frieda Wallace on doing her poetry with her megaphone. What was the, what's the title of that poem? Transgender, lesbian, sperm producing female. Yeah. And it's very, it's very dramatic when you see it live with the megaphone. It's quite, mm. yeah. It's... But, but some of the feedback I got, interesting, was oh, it was really sci fi. It because, was because it was kind of you're getting a bit of feedback from the megaphone. Yeah, because I think it's, it, was it's a a, bit, the, it was a bit kind of shaky and there was a bit of feet. It was quite, it was, yeah, it was good. Because people were saying the way I moved reminded me of something like a sort of automaton. No, I thought you and, were, I thought you were a Dalek. Yeah. So, and the, and the sound of the megaphone has that kind of, you know, dystopian kind of big brother. It did. Do you know? Do you know those kind yeah, of tans- kind of kind of reverberating, wasn't it? It was. I don't know. Yeah. What it was, yeah, it was, yeah. The room made it reverberate. So, and also the clicking of the metronome. The metronome and the music in the background. What was that again? It was the hymn uh, "Into Saint Cecilia" by Benjamin Britten. Kind of slowed down and. Oh yeah, weird. it was oct- octavated three times, so you get you get this droning choral build up. The problem was I, I wanted it to go on a bit longer, but um, I don't know. I was conscious about the space and how much time we had to move in it. 
Because normally I would just walk around. Because well, there's, the... there's a lot of people kind of encroaching on where you were supposed to be walking. Yeah, because I'm blindfolded. You were a bit limited where you could walk, weren't you? Yeah, and, and I did blindfolded, of course. Yeah, so I'm fe- I'm feeling my way around the room. I can see uh, to a certain extent, but I can't see like n- normally. Yeah. So so I have to be careful about where I'm going, but I couldn't do what I normally would because the. I mean, it's a good thing. There are a lot of people there. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it's hard to manoeuvre and obviously carry the tan- uh, the megaphone and deliver and remember the words to the point. I mean, yeah. I to remember it. It was pretty long. I, I don't know how you do that. But yeah. yeah. And yeah. then the fourth, the fourth act was... Um, Who are you? She's Who called. Well, Stephanie. Stephanie, yeah. That was good. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, and, and the atmosphere is very good. Lots of... It was you very, know, uh, very, very diverse queer. crowd. You know, loves the lovely tender queers, yeah, and bondage nice. people, and goths. We had a, a non-alcoholic <laughs> bar. It was, yeah, that was a shame. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, they probably you probably can't afford to get the license, but you know, it was it was good. Well, usually they do have a license, yeah, so they, I'm not I'm not yeah. sure what happened. Not sure how you that see, people then. people brought their own booze and put well, it. Well, probably the, not supposed to, but you know. Yeah, they put it in the apple juice. <laughs> but it was serious it, yeah i enjoyed it's it. a cheap night out anyway wasn't it? it was so the radio thing um that was good i enjoyed doing that well you know it's i was a little bit because I'm, I'm i'm aware that we're going into a very professional environment when we do i have to say it was really the way they kind of bring you in and take you out was yeah, because we're, we're like, this is just so amateurish what we yeah, do. <laughs> we were sat there waiting to go on and the producer comes on and says, right, you're on in two minutes. And then, yeah, but, but the BB, and then the, you do your oh, my God, the really BBC sick. know what they're doing, don't they? Yeah, so awesome. And they were so lovely to us. That lady, yeah, the producer, Ali, Ali Col- yeah. Colton, was it? Yeah. yeah. She was like really encouraging and she was like really interested in what we were doing. And when we spoke to the presenter, David, he asked us some really good questions, I thought, that were, you know, yeah. I don't know if we answered them. I'm not sure we answered them as well <laughs> as we could have, but we answered them. That was, yeah, it was good. And he asked us, like, what we, what's, what we do, if we, what kind of topics we cover. We couldn't talk about quite a lot of what we cover because I think we, we cover some quite heavy yeah, stuff on, sometimes BBC, so you have to be careful <laughs> so we can't talk about sex and we can't talk because you know because last week we talked quite a lot about relationships and sex didn't we well i mean you can i'm sure you can talk about that stuff on the bbc but you, yeah I but not be, not the not the be, way i do <laughs> has to be framed properly doesn't it you know. yeah i'm just worried i'm just thinking i'm conscious now of people that might have listened to that and then have come over and listened to the podcast and they're like well we want we want to know more about trans issues and i'm just going on about you know, one. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But uh, but at the end, he, he was uh, he was he seemed to have he seemed to like us, and that's the main thing. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was nice to go on the radio and have a have a chat about the podcast. Hopefully. He asked me he asked me to do a poem live on BBC Radio Manchester, and I was like, oh my god. Yeah, and um, Frida froze up at that point. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't have one ready. <laughs> well, I did have, but it's got swear words in it. So swear words. There's a few expletives in my poetry. So, you know, I, the ones that I've remembered, I've. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you're ready to get on with today's. Um, yeah, let's let's crack on. Crack on. Right. So I'll I'll put us into um, 
small mode. One second. There we go. We've shrunk down. Beep. And let's bring in our topic screen. We've got some topics. Topic number one today is it's a sporting um, thing. We Actually, this morning, we did a podcast with Kirsty Miller, which will be going out on Tuesday. So on she the was sport- lovely. It was, wasn't she? It was really good. It was long, two hours. Well, she, you know, she, you know what? She can. We, we could have just stayed quiet for the whole two oh, hours, and she, and she, because so she, really she knows her stuff. Yeah, right? and the detail of what she was telling us is like, wow. How you know? It just shows how long she's been studying and being interested in the topics of transinclusion and, sport. And she, right? and she did, she did talk about. She's going to put a website together or something, yeah. which I think is brilliant. I mean, I think she should go on more media things in the UK because, like, when I was on that thing with Sharon Davis on uh, GB News, I wasn't really the person they should be speaking to. It should be somebody like Kirsty. Yeah. Because I'm not I mean, saying you were no good, but yeah, Kirsty. No, but I, but, but I, I'm not doing it from. You don't know. You don't have the knowledge that Kirsty has. Exactly. Yeah. I just that's why I went to Kirsty's Twitter to find out information to go on that program so why not just go straight to the source so kirsty sorry yeah kirsty against sharon davis would have been good yeah she wouldn't have lasted i mean sharon davis davis, would have been, but sharon, yeah. sharon davis would never probably, agree to that no this is the thing this is the thing yeah so like the, the only one to go up against either just the presenter or nobody who's going to challenge them <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so, anyway so, so this first story is this the one about the? Oh, yeah, sorry. so this is this is um F one really F one drivers banned from supporting LGBTQ plus and minority groups in deeply unfair new rules. Mm. So, um, Formula One drivers will now require written permission from the sports governing body to make political, religious, and personal statements, including pro LGBTQ plus stances, in a move deemed deeply unfair. Um, It follows Lewis Hamilton and Sebastian Vettel being among the Formula One stars who have used their platform to stand for human rights at races in recent seasons. Um, During the 2021 Qatar Grand Prix, Hamilton wore a rainbow-coloured helmet in support of LGBTQ rights and condemned anti-gay laws in Saudi Arabia. I think also um, the other guy, um, Sebastian Vettel, wore a, a same love uh, t-shirt yeah, one love one of them yeah sorry one love t-shirts yeah yeah well, same, we... same love t-shirt it's called oh um, is, it? is it yeah so you know they've both they've both done that um at you know locations where it's probably not that safe See, what, what is it about this rainbow flag that upsets so many you know because because it's because what it is to me it's always about sponsorship and it's always about securing like there's certain countries they they, they will have a lot of power over well, I mean, sport. Qatar, I mean, I could understand why it's a problem there because we had the same thing with the World Cup, didn't we? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I understand that country, but I don't understand this policy when you apply it to, let's say, the British Grand Prix. Yeah. Or, you know, why but, would you not allow drivers to support human rights issues if they want to, if that's what their thing is? Why not let them do it? I mean, it's not... If, if because, there's some advertiser saying you can't do that, well, screw that advertiser. You know. Well, it's hard to do that if if the advertisers have a lot of power. You see, because they 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 are the people that really, like, say, I mean, it it could go right to the top. This because you're looking in, in especially in motorsport, the actual, you know, the um the people, 
the what do you call it the car company whatever it is whether it's mercedes yeah yeah um, and they might have a policy where they say look we don't want any so if it comes from them well i don't think it's coming from them i think it's coming from the f1 um yeah but i would say i would say like that as far as they're concerned the drivers no matter how big a sports star they are they are employed by the the motorsport aren't they so so that they have to i suppose it's like being an employee of any other company like if you like say if i was to go public and start talking about where i work i'd have to look at their social media policy yeah but the thing is you know the company i work for they often do things which are you know lgbtq plus you know events like pride events yeah but you work for haribo <laughs> I wish. You know, but you know, they're not they're not saying, you know, when we went to the Trans in the City event, they, they sponsored that and their names, you know, blasted on everything. <laughs> so you know, are you saying that they don't want to do that? You know, F1 doesn't want to do that. Because that's a Yeah, bit- yeah, yeah, they do, but but then then you also get it's always interesting, you see, because big companies, big banks, big financial institutions, they always do the pride thing, don't they? And they always and 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 there are certain people who will say that's pink washing because they don't really support the communities. But when individuals like drivers in an F1, because one thing that was interested in this week was, do you know, in football, there are no out. But there must be gay footballers out there. I'm talking soccer, right? Yeah, there must be, but but until you get pe- footballers and sports people that are positively, it doesn't matter what colours you put on your car. It doesn't matter what colours you put on your your strip. If you don't have the if you, if the organisation doesn't encourage people to be openly gay, then it it means nothing to me. Because there are football, there will be footballers out there um, that are gay that can't come out because of societal pressures, financial pressures, uh, pressures, whatever they are on on the you know whatever it is. I don't know. It's a it might be a personal thing, but I but but if if you can't if it, it's like this whole thing of like wearing the armbands with the pride flag on. If you, you can do all that, but if you don't have a culture where people can be if, like, if there was a gay racing driver F one, that would and he would say, "Look, I'm I'm gay." That would that would destroy this argument because that it's not about the colours you wear; it's about who you are. And when I when I'm at work, I can I can wear a rainbow lanyard. I can yeah, I do that all the time. Yeah, I can do what I like. I can promote it. I have a sticker on my bag. It says uh, I've got these. I, I give them out like pronoun badges because I encourage people to 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 understand the importance of pronouns. So, like when I go into hospitals and uh, I have all, I have got leaflets and I've got information for people. I don't force it on anyone. It's a bit weird, though, isn't it? Because, for example, if I had to wear a helmet to do my job, I don't. I just <laughs> sit but if I had to wear a helmet and it had a rainbow flag on it. Are, you, are they saying that I wouldn't be able to do that because it's not it's not kind of approved by the company now? Is well, that what I'm saying? I don't understand why they're doing this. My helmet's purple, so. <laughs> so it says the new policy, which will be implemented next season following an update to the International Sporting Code, I, 
ISC, will see drivers require written permission from the FIA to make political statements. Saying it's, political it's not a political statement, though, to be gay. approval will now be in breach of the rules. So it's not... Right. Human rights are not political... It's political. It's not political to be gay, to be trans, to be bisexual, to be queer, whatever it is. That is not the political thing. The political thing is when you're you make that an advertisement, because all all slogans and all visual representation is a symbol of something. So, like the pride flag is a sim is a symbol. Now you can be gay and never never involve yourself with that symbol. It doesn't matter. You could be out completely out as gay because there there are you'll see this on gender critical Twitter where they'll say, "I I am gay, but I don't agree with pride. I don't," and, and that's fine. That's a that's a that's a legitimate political decision to make. Mm -hmm. But when you start saying, "I want to shut down the people that want to express that." Like, you know, these people that say, uh, I'm gay, not queer. They don't necessarily just want to say that. They want to shut down the queer bit yeah. and the T bit and the trans bit. Yeah. So if, you, if your political angle is, look, I'm gay, but I, I'm not interested in, fine. You know, you, 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 have your, you have your platform. You know, it's called conservatism. <laughs> you know, you sexually identify as a conservative. <laughs> but if you are more open... You, you understand that we live in an intersectional community where people are on very, you know, on, on a, you know, on, on a sliding scale of, you know, bisexuality, transgender. Identify as a conservative. That sounds like some weird thing that, doesn't it? Yeah, but that's what it is when people say, I am not gay, I'm not queer, I'm gay. They're, they're actually identifying with social conservatism. It's like it goes back to that Stonewall thing of, you know, when the riots happened in the, in the 60s, there were gay men, gay people in lobby groups that said, we don't associate with the people that are rioting. We don't associate with that. We are good people. We are the good people. They're the bad people. And what that did is it created this division of people that were disenfranchised and they had no choice but to be on the street fighting for the rights and the people that had some kind of political leverage to say we're gay, but we don't we don't have to be drag queens, or we don't have to be. I suppose it was called. There wasn't. It wasn't codified in the same way then. The you know this idea of queer and trans that came later. It was like it was like a in the sixties. It was a mix of what what were called street queens, hippies, which we would probably you know call queerness now, and there were drag queens. And they were visible people, so they were the ones that saw the brunt of the police brutality because they were visible and they were on the street, whereas more privileged gay people in politics who didn't want that heat could distance themselves from it and say, look, we're, we're conservative gay people. We're not part of this horrible movement that wants to destroy society and throw bricks at the police. But they had to throw bricks at the police because that was, you know, that was the only way they could stop them harassing them and setting fire to their clubs. Yeah, well, I think, I, I think I'm going to start wearing my rainbow dress and helmet at work just to make a point, you know. But I, see, my knowledge of this comes from Jane County's autobiography because Jane County lived through that period. Jane County, like a punk, 
Um, you know, she's known for the punk era, but she grew up, she, she came of age in that sixties environment. So she talks about living in New York in that time. And she was saying the reason the police targeted people that looked different, they didn't care if they were gay or not necessarily. They were just weird looking hippies, drag queens and people that stood out and the police would harass them. And, uh, do, you, do you find it important, though, if you do watch a sport, do you find it important to see kind of rainbow flags and inclusive? I think it's great. Yeah. No, well, if I'm what if I'm watching the football, it's like I love it when they take the knee. I love it because it, it, yeah. to me, that's a symbol of inclusion. And also you've got to fight prejudice like there's a lot of there's a lot of negative energy in football like. One of the when I was growing up and and I knew a lot of, like where I'm at school. Well, there's a I lot knew... of homophobic chanting that goes on at football matches even today. You know, it's yeah, like... exactly. But that's part of the culture. You know, it's it's always it always has been racism and homophobia. So to, yeah. So any way to kind of stop that, but but homophobic but, racism culture is a good thing. I mean, but that, traditionally, you know, traditionally, I don't think the... really suffers from that. But I think this is a really negative move they're doing. Traditionally, the British press they they enforce that attitude because it's misogynistic and they you know a lot of the british press is misogynistic and people like piers morgan who 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 are who write completely from a misogynistic point of view like to attach themselves to the idea of football it's like honestly these people because to me football is a working class movement and when i see people like piers morgan trying to attach themselves to that i just it just makes me cringe so much yeah, well, Premier Premier League football is not grassroots anymore, is it? It's well, no, I know it's a it's a luxury hobby. hobby for you know, but I, yeah, I know what you're saying. That's why I like the ladies' football. Yeah, it's more down to grassroots. Yeah. So, um, second story today is um, Tory government to finally announce new law banning barbaric, torturous conversion therapy. So. The UK government is set to finally announce details of a long-promised conversion therapy ban, and it will be inclusive of trans people, reports suggest. Mm. It was um, first promised a conversion therapy ban in 2018 during Theresa May's tenure as Prime Minister, but Boris Johnson later opted to push ahead with a ban that only covered lesbian, gay Mm. and bisexual people. Yeah, Boris Johnson was given into lobby group pressures there, wasn't he? Yeah. Mm. So, you know, it's interesting that this is now back on the table. And I think the timing of this is not coincidental because, Mm. you know, after what we've just seen with the gender recognition reforms in Scotland, you know, this is kind of announced the same week as the Tory government decides to block that. So it's it's kind of like, uh, I think it's kind of like a distraction tactic. Let's let's announce some good news, well, news that people will like, at the same week as we're doing something bad. You know. Well, I'm just reading this now. It's interesting that they mentioned Theresa May because I was watching, um, you know, Laura Koonsberg's show this morning. Oh, yeah. And she was talking to Nicola Sturgeon about the GRA and she said the the, the, the British government had exactly the same plan as Scotland under Theresa May's government. Yeah, under Theresa May they did, yeah. yeah. It was only in, came along, he changed it, it. Yeah, exactly. So it was only in recent years, in the last five or six that the um the 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 England you know Westminster yeah. have gone against what Scotland were going to do, and they would have been united in that decision. It's 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 it's, it's, it's the Stories, UK. Yeah. So the 
So, so Theresa so, May Tories would have would have gone along with this exactly. So yeah. Boris's influence there and the people he's put in, well, you know, it's people. Not just Boris is all the kind of yeah, right exactly. wing of the Conservative Party. Yeah, but they're the people that he's Brexit empowered. Is. He's empowered those people yeah, through, and this is why it's linked to Brexit because yep. the same kind of narrow-minded, small-minded. I mean, when when it when it comes down to it, if you look at what Dominic Cummings did. He was the one that advised Boris on who to put into power to achieve Brexit. Now, the 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 knock-on effect of that is the people that wanted to achieve Brexit are some of the worst people that you want in government, and that's why we're at where we're at now. Yeah. So, so if if say Theresa May had gone on, or maybe there'd been a Corbyn government. I mean, God knows what have happened if there'd been a Corbyn government after during COVID. You know. You know, you'd have got a massive right wing uprising against him. I think. But yeah, you, you remember last year when the there was supposed to be a big conference in the UK, um, the Safe to Be Me conference, I think it was called. Yeah, that, I remember that. Yeah, it was all canned because you know Boris did this U turn on the mm. uh, conversion yeah. therapy. Ban. It's not safe to be me. And then, and then all the all the um, LGBTQ organizations said right we're pulling out and then the whole thing just... any any forward thinking politician now i think if you were a if you were somebody that had any kind of social any ideas of social justice you'd be listening to trans people now yeah it's such because... an easy win for them to just do what we want them to do isn't it it's like yeah not going to cause any problems for anybody you know you you, you suddenly get you know you, you you could end this war as as it's become but well, they don't want to end Overnight. the They don't want to. They're just perpetuating it. You could solve all this problem, all these problems that we're having with, you know, the, the gender recognition reforms and all the other stuff that trans people need. We could, The government could solve all this stuff so easily and they mm. could perpetuate it. But we lean into the battle in a way because, like, you well, know... We're, we're in defensive mode, aren't we? Because we feel as though yeah, our yeah. rights are being attacked, which they well, are. The well, it's multi-layered, isn't it? Because like, it's not just a political thing; it's like a healthcare thing as well. So, there is a lot of problems in the NHS, and there is a lot of underfunding to the NHS. So, we see the sharp end of that because we are not seen as a priority whatsoever, and perhaps yeah, I mean, we're not. Bigger, yeah, it's a bigger issue, isn't it? The but but yeah. but that is part of why we're because when when we hear people say that we are, we have some kind of privilege because we're trans or we have some kind of leverage it's like get get to fuck you know we have the least privilege based on being trans we might have you know i don't consider myself particularly hard done to as a human being i have you know i'm quite comfortably off and I'm, i don't have to worry about certain things but I'm thinking about young trans people. I'm thinking about people that, you know, it by default being trans doesn't give you an. Uh, th there are people that think being trans gives you advantages. <laughs> it's like no, it's the That's opposite. Right. And being trans won't, you know, you know, it, it, these these little these little battles that we get into on Twitter and things like that, they're part of a bigger story. And it's not just trans people that affect it. It's any minority, any anybody that has, feels marginalised can relate to, which is why we, you know, we we understand intersectionality of it. Like, you know, with seeing what, what happens to the way that black people are treated by the government. We see other minorities suffering the same kind of lobby group pressures. We see that now, you know. I certainly do. Yeah. An interesting snippet that, you know, related to this um, 
story is that it's understood that Downing Street will oversee the crafting of the legislation rather than uh, Kimmy Badnock, Minister for Women and Equality. So that, I mean, that's a positive piece of news, I think. Yeah. In the in the application of this new law that they're trying to bring in. Um, I certainly wouldn't want Kimmy Badnock in charge of it. Kimmy Badenoch is bought and paid for. To make it, you know, I, I will say trans, but yet not somehow. Everything, everything I've read about Cab Kemi Badenoch leads me to believe that she will do anything to hold on to the position she has. Now she knows she's got a leg up by doing these these things, and you know, fair enough, you know. She's got an, she's got an ambition to be whatever she wants to be, but she'll do it at the expense of us, which will come and bite her on the arse eventually. Well, I think Rishi's a bit stupid to keep her in the government. Oh, Rishi you know, can't even wear a seatbelt. He's not doing them any favors, is he? <laughs> Did you see Rishi not wearing his seatbelt? Yeah, he's been fine for not wearing his seatbelt, hasn't he? I mean, come on. I mean. <laughs> I can... when you sleep well, you get a fine. I mean, just because you're prime minister doesn't give you some kind of uh, protection. Yeah. Kind. You see, that story about the seatbelt, it's not really about seatbelts, is it? It's about privilege and it's the idea. Privilege. It's you about know, the idea of entitlement. If you're going to drive around in a... of his bulletproof car being driven around. Yeah, if you're going to... Gonna, take a, your seatbelt off to do an interview. In a fully airbagged four-by-four driving around London doing WhatsApp I videos. He, I think he was in Lancashire, actually, where he was driving. Wherever around. he is, I don't yeah. care. Yeah. I don't trust Rishi. He just looks like a 14-year-old schoolboy that's just been given the keys to the, you know, bank. The dungeon. Whatever. <laughs> he's, he's from the same stock as Johnson, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I think he's making a huge mistake keeping certain individuals in his cabinet. Anyway, that's not my business. He'll do whatever it takes him to yeah, stay in power. Whatever, he, whatever he's... Uh, Whatever his overlords tell him to do, he'll do. Mm. Okay, next story. The world won't change until I'm Prime Minister. When's that going to be? <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, should we move on to our third story? Um, Give me a minute. Where are we up to? We're up to Church of England. This is a strange one. So Church of England apologises for treatment of LGBTQ plus people. We have right. loved you as God loves you. <laughs> <laughs> How does God love me? Yeah, right. So let me just read the uh, the headlines for this one. God's given up on me. God's given up. Yeah. Church of England has formally apologised for its historical hostile treatment of LGBTQ plus people. Bishops of the church wrote a letter accepting its responsibilities for the homophobic abuse that the LGBTQ community faces on a daily basis. Now, um, I don't think homophobic covers the whole thing there. We've got transphobic, we've got lesbophobic, yeah. you know, it's, it's not, it doesn't all come under homophobic. But anyway, yeah, carry on. Mm. Um, we want to apologise for the ways in which the Church of England has treated LGBTQ plus people, both those who worship in our churches and those who do not, the statement read. Mm -hmm. The apology was written following the church's refusal to allow the ordainment of same-sex marriages by members of the clergy after a briefing on Tuesday, the 17th of January. 
um, a suggested vote on allowing same-sex marriage during next month's General Synod came as a part of an ongoing campaign to instill acceptance of LGBTQ plus people within the church named Living in Love and Faith. So, you know, total hypocrisy here. Mm. They're saying, um, you know, sorry, we've not loved you as God loves you. And then the next sentence is, oh, by the way, you can't have um, ordainment of same-sex marriages. Well, I mean, mm, so. the, the church has always meddled in people's sex lives, hasn't it? You know what I mean? <laughs> but you can't apologise on one hand and then on the other hand say, yeah, if you if you we're not we're not doing same sex marriages. Mm. Like, how, I mean, how can you say that and then expect mm. the apology to be genuine? It's just not. It's just hypocritical. Well, you know, saying that you can have a blessing, mm. you can go to church and have a blessing, and a blah blah blah. I say, you know where you can stick your blessing. You know. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. The but... same as everybody else, or you don't. I mean, it's quite simple. It must be hard for gay people or trans people who are, who are religious because I mean, I'm not, I just, yeah, I'm not. it doesn't, it doesn't really matter to me what the church thinks about anything, but the church have a lot. I mean, the church of England, they have bishops and they have archbishops in the house of Lords. Yeah. And, and it just beggars belief that well, it's these discrimination, but it's, it's kind of legalized discrimination because I don't think it's included mm. in the equality act. I think the equality act gives a, you know, a bit of a get out for religions mm. on this topic, which is not right. I mean, it is discrimination, mm. whatever you call it. Yeah. You know, if, you're, mean, if you are a, a religious LGBTQ plus person and you want to get married in the Church of England, mm. you can't. You know, you yes. can have a blessing. Well, I don't want a blessing. I want to get married in the Church, just like everybody else. Why can't well, I do the, that? The, but the thing is that there's a legal side of it, the legal marriage, which is, you know, one thing and then there's the religious side of it so like a, if you i'm not a religious person but if i wanted to marry it would just be a math for me it would just be a matter of lo law you know where i would have the same rights as somebody that is yeah, but you can't do that in a church but i'd be able to marry another woman uh, as and they would categorize me as male well I, could... I mean you don't have a grc so you would be categorized as male and so, so, so I could. To, you should be able to marry a woman in a church based on that. But because, but I don't know. I don't want to marry a woman, and I don't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's, see, I, it makes me think about: did it, would I ever want to get married? And but, but I don't. I don't need the church yeah, or any kind of like church kind of meddling mm -hmm. with people's lives. Yeah, nobody's going to discriminating this... against people. It's, this is not what the church should be doing. Who's going to want to marry me? Apply, apply within. Apply within. Yeah. Is there a fee? Well, you you have to be rich and yeah. connected to the government to get me in power, so I can eventually overthrow everything. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, if I was in charge, every baby born would be gender neutral, and you'd have, you could apply for a gender when you're old enough. And you can decide whatever you want to be, and then you get free surgeries on the NHS. You can just modify your body however you want, and, and that's you can marry, And you can marry who you want to marry in church. Yeah, yeah, and then whatever you want to do. That's my policy. There, my policy is whatever you want. To do. <laughs> I think we need to have a careful examination of all of your policies before you become <laughs> prime minister. Actually, yeah, we could do that as a future podcast, can we? 
Yeah, burn, burn the baronesses. <laughs> I think I would ban all baronesses. Ban the baron. Well, yeah, ban the baronesses. Ones. I might keep the nice ones. There are no nice ones. I if think you... there are. We can't no, say that. No, no, no. There no, are some nice no, ones. No, no. If you're going to accept a title like that, you've got problems. <laughs> I've not been offered yet. I'm still waiting. Although, yeah, to be honest, if somebody offered me Baroness Frieda, you'd take it. You'd take yeah. it in a flash, in yeah. a heartbeat. But I'd do something good with it. I won't be like ringing. I won't be writing to the Tate Gallery to tell them to stop hosting drag queens. God, yeah, was that Baroness? I'd, I'd be writing to the Tate Gallery to start hosting is that, more. Is that Nicholson again? Yeah, Baroness Nicholson. Yeah, J.K. Rowling's little minion. She got nothing better to do. No, that's what she. That's what these people do. They spend all day moping around the massive houses, looking at people's lives that can make more miserable. Yeah, let's interfere in people's lives. Yeah, let's stop. Let's stop art happening. Let's go. Let's write to the Tate Gallery and make everybody's lives a bit more grey and boring. (sighs) Get to fuck, stupid baronesses. (laughs) This next story is quite. An interesting one, bit of a turnaround story, I think. So this is um, Dame Kelly Holmes, who we oh, yes. who we bumped into in the uh, the National Diversity Award thing we were at last year. Yes, she was there getting an award, and we saw her. We didn't speak to her, but we saw her. We kind of brushed shoulders with her backstage, didn't we? As we were swept past them, we did. Yes. Um, now, what she's what she's saying now is. Um, she's totally in support of trans her trans siblings, and you know I have been ignorant in the past about the fight of the trans community, and I want to see fair and conclusive outcome for those whose gender differs from that assigned at birth, mm-hmm. all walks of life, including sport. So I mean, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a one eighty, this, isn't it? Well, I don't know. I think she she initially probably got influenced by some bad science or bad you know stuff she was seeing online and. She's made the right decision here because what yeah. what what tends to happen is when people venture opinions on social media, they get you know people like us rightly call them out and say, "Look, you you're making a mistake." Here. And then some people, like Sharon Davis, they go completely the other way. They go, "Ah, you can't tell me what to think." Blah blah blah. And, and rather than listening to the people that might be hurt by the words or you know, neg- negatively affected by the rhetoric, they throw in with another group of people that are willing to pay for their opinions. And got on, good on Kelly for not doing that, you know? So just a bit more from the statement. Um, as a former international athlete, a gay woman, and now, open, uh, now openly a member of the LGBTQIA community, I want to first say I totally support my trans siblings. I have been ignorant in the past about the fight of the trans community and now i want to see fair and conclusive outcomes for those whose whose gender differs from that assigned at birth in all walks of life including sport firstly i do not believe in a blanket approach a more nuanced approach of looking at the individual person sport and level is a much better way of keeping sport fair now that that last bit kind of ties into what we were discussing with kirsty this morning Mm, yeah you know around having you know it should be shouldn't be blank nothing should be blanket bans or whatever it should be all based on individual risk assessment yeah yeah and that's I, I, yeah definitely agree with that bit well she's 
she's she's doing the right thing and i think it's commendable and, and like when i think when we saw her at the national diversity awards we were like what's she doing here yeah. we're a bit we're a bit sort of aggressively yeah. get her out you know kick exactly. her out we were protective of ourselves weren't we at that point? yeah and, but i think if, if somebody is genuinely you know it, it actually is quite courageous to say look i was wrong yeah you yeah. know to say because because i've done that you know i've, I've said things and i regret things i've said and if somebody says look you should have said it this way i say look you know what now you've got you've got a choice haven't you you can either go get lost you know get all defensive or you can go you know what maybe i was wrong if somebody has the guts to say yeah i was wrong and i'm Mm. I'm making amends yeah i'm but it's not really about i don't think it's making amends well i mean she's apologizing and you know yeah but she's explaining what why which i think that's great yeah but 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 the the thing is that you have to go a step further with it and and educate others like it's okay to say like why doesn't she contact sharon davis and say look this is what i've learned why can't you do that Well, hopefully she does i mean that would be great if she did you know what i mean that'd be good wouldn't it if she's actually if she contacts jk rowling and says why are you being horrible to the trannies (laughs) <laughs> well, she, I mean, she must know Sharon Davis. Maybe she can influence Sharon Davis in some way. Talk to her. Explain. I would love to meet. I would love to have a conversation with somebody like that and just have an honest discussion and say, "Look, this is how it makes us feel." We, I'm not. I'm not even a sporting person. Yeah. But... So this this story was featured in Diva magazine, and I love uh, Diva magazine. Bobby Picard, um, CEO of Trans in the City, she'd made a statement about it too. So Bobby Picard, the CEO of Trans in the City. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that Dame Kelly Holmes has been on a huge learning curve about the trans community since coming out last year. It is so positive to see that through the help of the LGBTQIA community, she now is beginning to understand the truth about trans and non-binary people and is turning into a real ally for us. I look forward to seeing her allyship go from strength to strength. So that, you know, that's a really positive statement from mm. Bobby. Um, yeah, yeah. And Bobby's so, always good. I agree with that. Bobby's great. Yeah. Yeah, and I just I think it's all good. Like it's good that you know this is she's actually made the statement because yeah. she didn't ha- she didn't have to, you know. Yeah, well, I think I think Bobby had had said in the past that we shouldn't be platforming people, mm. you know, like Dame Kelly, because of her views. But you know now now it's kind of all it's all changed. And yeah, a lot of our discourse online tends to go towards oh, do you know, like when we call people out and we it's a People think we're shutting them down and trying cancelling them. We're not. We we want them to talk more. We don't want to cancel anybody. We want them to actually address the thing they're actually saying. Because yeah, I'm when, looking forward. To, I'm looking forward to the day when the wizard lady does the same thing. I don't think it's ever going to happen with the wizard lady. I'm looking forward to it anyway. No, 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 no. I wouldn't hope for that because. I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody knows who we're talking about when we say the wizard lady, because <laughs> that's us being really polite. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's what we decided to call her when we started this podcast. Yeah, because we didn't want to keep mentioning her name. But the thing with that is, like, she's protected, isn't she, by the media, by by taking the stance she has. You know, because yeah. a lot of the British press, they actually absolutely adore her for this. So it's become like a sort of way for her to be protected by the right-wing media. But, it, you know, it would be nice to see some of these people who have been really kind of negative towards trans people 
to start seeing mm. the light and understanding why what they've been saying is not right. Yeah. It'd be nice to see that change. I don't know how it comes about, but. Well, I don't know about seeing the yeah. light, but I mean, even have that conversation, you know, I mean, you know, the problem. better understanding of it. I think most of the time these people are just ignorant and they just play on this kind of right wing nonsense that goes on. Uh Another another problem is there's not enough prominent trans voices on that level to take somebody like, you know, Kelly uh, Holmes on. You know, mm. like uh, it's all right me going on GB News or Talk TV and having a little rant to, but but I'm not addressing the people that are making decisions, am I? You know, mm. they can make those, they can influence. Like if you're an Olympic athlete, if you're somebody that has that kind yeah. of influence, you can have, you can really change things. Yeah. Like Kirsty Miller. I mean, she's well known. Mm. She's, you know, she's trans. She She's making a big difference. That's yeah. That's mm. can, can we talk about this young British YouTuber? Is that the next one? Uh, <laughs> the next story is, um, uh, trans pride bright oh right yeah forgot about that so yeah this uh, dates have been i think it's the same weekend every every year so um this is going to be 14th 16th of july 2023 get your tickets trans pride brighton get your tickets well you don't need tickets you just need to get your accommodation um oh so you don't was, have to pay you don't have to pay for the no. event no but the only thing you have to pay for is like the the after party you have to I think you have to pay for that um, it's not much. It's is not, that in the hotel? It's in, a, it's in a nightclub. It was on the front last year. Mm, right, that sounds quite good. good. I mean, it's like it was. It went all night, pretty much. It was pretty good. Any fit lads there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, I don't know how to answer that. So, <laughs> That's a no. <laughs> so yeah, I'm definitely going to be going. I went with Justin Dooms last year. We had a we had a an Airbnb. So yeah, did you know? We did. <laughs> it was it was really good. It was it was great. The weather was so hot last year; it was unbearable. Oh my god! Yeah, it's like was it like forty degrees in the shade? Yeah, it was. I remember buying an ice cream in Manchester, and it melted before I could lick it. <laughs> it was still. It was. It, it was not. It was pretty close to when we went to um, Sparkle, Manchester, wasn't it? I think it was a couple of yeah. weeks before or after yeah that. and i collapsed I, I i fell asleep in a deck chair yeah you were drunk <laughs> you've been drinking I went, well i went out i went out to go and find a friend of mine and they wouldn't let me back in because i thought i was too drunk but i wasn't i was it was heat exhaustion heat exhaustion that's what we'll put it down to <laughs> that was the weekend we met Ginny lemon wasn't it yeah Ginny lemon that was fun she did a good show she did she did so, yeah, Frida, get it in your calendar. Trans I will. Party. Well, if I can get a hotel, and uh, what's the day? I'll write it down now. It's on the screen there. I'm yeah. writing it. I'm writing it with my Taylor Swift hand. Look. 14th to 16th of July, 2023. There we go, Come and meet us. Yeah. Maybe we can do a Gender Nebulous live podcast from, uh, from yeah, Brighton. From the basement of our hotel. Yeah. <laughs> So that yeah, I mean, then the, the next story was we've already spoken about it. It was the upload on BBC Radio Manchester. This is the thing. oh, that was great. Yeah, yeah. So that, that there's there's David Scott. Uh, he, yeah, it was great. I really he's lovely man. Yeah, yeah. So it's available on the 
uh, BBC Sounds app, I think. Yeah, David it? David Scott does a lot of work with Manchester Pride, and he's done like he's he's like yeah, I don't know it, much about David. Yeah, he's done like charity fundraising around Manchester for for that, and he's involved with a lot of local community groups. He's just a good all round. He's I think he's a a spoken word artist as well, like me. <laughs> so I mean, upload promotes local bands. Local podcasters. Any local talent. Any local talent. He said you were from Bolton, though, didn't he? He said I was from Bolton. Well, he must have based that on what you told him. <laughs> yeah. No, I just said I was from Bolton. So he just assumed we're both from Bolton. Well, I'm, I'm from Farmworth, so. Well, I'm not. <laughs> Don't know where I'm from. I'm from, I guess I'm from Stockport. Well, technically, I'm from Saturn. Saturn? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. One of the moons of Saturn. Where did you, where do you leave your spaceship? Buried in the garden. Is that why you wouldn't let me in the shed last night? Because <laughs> <laughs> you got your alien equipment in there. I'm well. from the same place as Sun Ra. <laughs> Sun Ra is. Anyway, so yeah, anyway, David. So Dave, on, do you know moving what? On. It was really nice being on the radio. It was. It was. I and hope, hopefully, it will lead to some more cool. radio, more more um, radio and TV inclusion. Yes. Um, so What's now, the... now we can move on to the Charlie McDonald. Oh yeah. I love this story. This is a really nice story. So, so um, Charlie was, uh, a quite a popular YouTube, but she still is. Yeah. Let me, she... I'll just read out the, the headlines here. So British YouTuber, Charlie McDonald, also known as Charlie is so cool. Like <laughs> has returned to the platform for the first time since coming out as trans. Um, Charlie scrubbed their channel of all its content after stepping back from the public eye a few years ago mm. before later coming out publicly as trans in October 2022. Um, however, she made a surprise return to YouTube on Thursday this She's week. She's on Twitter. Yeah, with a reintroduction question and answer video. We should get her on the podcast. We should. Um, Charlie confirmed that she goes by she, they pronouns, and that she began hormone treatment therapy four months ago. She added that her her first name is Charlie, which she plans to formalize legally. So this was a really, I mean, if you if you look at the um the episode, the the thing she's put, the, the video she's put on YouTube, it's like a QA around, you know, everything that's been going on with their life. And this was a really good learning experience for me because I learned how to do chapters in YouTube videos. So mm. from now on, we're going to have chapters in our in our YouTube videos. Very technical. Very technical. It's really it's really handy to have as well mm-hmm. because you can you can you know tweet the chapter or give someone yeah. the link to the bit that you want them to watch. So it's really good. And yeah, this story is so nice because you know if you watch that video, you'll you'll see what I mean. She's such a nice person. I think she's a gamer, bit of a. That's how. You're a Twitcher. That, yeah, Twitch. Yeah, that's how they. Yeah, that's not a world I've really got. I got invited to a Twitch thing the other night by a trans lady who wants to do a Twitch thing, but I have no idea how to do Twitch. Do well, you? You just you just watch. I mean, you just watch somebody else playing a game, and you. No, could... but they wanted me to play a game live with them. Oh, you had to play the game whilst it was mm. being. Twitch. I'd like to do it, yeah. Because, but you see that. See, I used to do a lot of gay. I used to well, a long, long time ago. I was. I had. I like Commodore Amiga. 
Yeah, so Je Jess and Nooms, my friends in Scotland, they do, they're involved with something called diversity inclusive gaming. That and sounds good. So the gaming they do is normally Xbox or PC mm -hmm. gaming, and it's streamed onto Twitch. It's right. kind of like a weekly thing. At the moment, we're doing Dungeons and Dragons. Mm. Um, but that, yeah, that's a lot of fun. No, I want to get into it because it seems like the worlds of gaming and trans people seem to go together. I don't know. Well, yeah, nerds. Nerds are us. <laughs> Maybe. Something to do with that neurodivergent yeah, thing. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I thought that was a that was a good news. Great story. Mm. Great story. And and I'm following her now on Twitter. Yeah, I've asked her to I've asked her to come on the podcast. Go on anytime. But she's got four hundred thousand followers, so I don't know if she'll reply. Yeah, we may be small fry. <laughs> I'll, I'll link her to this though about this little bit where we talked about. Yeah, I was, it was really good. Um, you wanted to talk about um Owen Jones' video. Yeah, Owen Jones did a really good video this week. Uh, it was on the back of the conversations in the media about the Gender Recognition Act and the gender recognition reforms in Scotland. And I think he noticed there was a lot of different disinformation, misinformation going out. And he's yeah. done he did this really good video where he just broke it down and he he talked first of all, he talked about the way that gay men were described in the seventies and eighties as being threats to society and they didn't want to teach the idea of being gay in schools and people portray gay men as a sexual threat to young people and all this. And, he, and then he just went straight from that to trans and he, and he, he bridged that and he, he showed you pretty clearly how the same arguments are being used against trans people now. And it, and it, it is really good how he, because he, 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 the thing with Owen Jones is, He's, he's he's very succinct and he's very straightforward the way he puts things across. Yeah. And then there was no umming and ahhing. It was just straight in there with, you know, and he exposed the lies of, you know, a lot of these lobby groups. So I thought that was a really good thing for him to do because he's got a huge platform. You know, he's got a few million, few yeah, million following. On YouTube and on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. And, and it shouldn't really take someone like that to make people see the truth of it, but it does but because he's, he's a great ally for trans trans and non-binary people. Yeah, yeah, and that's why people like Julie Bindle hate him and call yeah, him a misogynist. He's, he's really hated by some of the big. Oh yeah, yeah. You can really trace his influence by who hates him yeah, because people that have venomously anti somebody have probably got you know they've got a good reason for being that, yeah. and the reason they are that way is because he does speak a lot of truth. Yeah, so and, uh, what, what I'll do, I'll put I'll put a link to his uh, YouTube video in the in the mm, yeah yeah it was really good because because it made it, it was quite emotional actually listening to it because because I was thinking gosh this is everything I've been trying to communicate for oh, the last I'm couple of years I keep meaning to watch it. it's about twenty five minutes long isn't no, it no it's like every because because I like when I've been going on the telly and on the radio to talk about trans issues yeah I've like, been like thinking God I wish I'd ever heard this yeah yeah before i'd have because it because it because it made it so clear so crystal the, the points he hits are like straight in and it, and it's hard i think it's hard for us to see it because we are in the middle of it but when you see it from a sort of take a step backwards yeah when you see it from a bigger picture and you see the yeah. timeline of abuse and 
and hate. It's the thing, like, it, it touches a bit on what Peter, do you know the Peter Tatchell thing? Yeah. yeah. You know, it go, the, thing, the thing he's fighting for is basically the freedom of expression. You know, the, you know he's, obviously he's a gay man and he's coming at it from that point of view, but the same people that hate gay people, hate trans people. Well, I watched, um, I watched a video of Peter Thatchell's this week where he was, I think he was, I think he was GB News and he was up against Posey Parker. Oh, God. But I don't know how Peter does it, but he, he manages to keep his cool. Mm. And he, he, he manages to get his point over without, you know, any kind of reaction to the horrible things that the other person's saying. Well, yeah. He sticks, it's... To, he sticks to his message and he, he has a really clear way of defining it. I think, well, pe- people I think that's have... part of his success, his mm. ability to be able to explain. People have pulled him up. Really clear way. It's really It's really good. People have pulled him up on a couple of blind spots about, you know, non-binary people. But I think that's a minor, I mean, it's important to mention, but in the bigger picture, yeah. I think he's doing the right thing. Yeah. But I, I've tried. I've been in touch with Kevin O'Sullivan. I've been in touch with a couple of producers at Talk TV. And I've said, when Kelly J. Keene is on, please call me because I want to have that conversation with her. I just wonder how much these people like Posey Parker, how much sway they have with these producers to who Oh, they, yeah, they have a lot, yeah, because they're part of the kind of they're, they're, I'm not yeah, going up but, against anybody. I'm I'm gonna pick and choose who Oh I'm yeah, because she's a regular yeah. she's a regular guest and she's from a, the lobby groups that that promote that kind of thing. So you see I'm I'm I don't have any financial backing, I don't have anybody uh pushing my agenda. I'm just a simple voice yeah, they in... put you up against susan smith susan smith is your regular opponent but they don't like it you see because <laughs> you know uh, to anybody with any critical faculties watching that they know they don't come off well no she didn't come off off well in the last one you did that's for sure i've got to be careful though when i go on things like that that i don't become personally defensive which is something quite difficult because you know they are they are attacking me they might not say that, but they are attacking who I am. Yeah, watch that. Is... Watch, watch that, Peter Tatchell. Um... I will, yeah. But you know what? I try and avoid watching anything with Kelly Keane in it because it just honestly would drive me mad. I I had to. It was very uh... frustrating to watch it, but I think that's what made Peter look even better. Kelly Keane does this thing on a <clears throat> sorry YouTube channel called Turf Talk Tuesday. Yeah, that's why we do Trans Talk Thursday. So I was going to try and do a covert call and try and ring in and pretend to be a turf. <laughs> you just let the cat out of the bag. Well, no, nobody's going to. She's not watching this. So I was going to. I was going to do it and ring in and tr- and then get her on there. And, you know, I'm going to do that. I'm going to get her. Yeah. But it's not about getting her. It's about understanding that the fact that nothing she says has any value, apart from to her own little gaggle of hate mongers. Which, which you know the attack dogs. Yeah, well, the we're, you know, we're doing little... we're doing trans talk Thursdays. So. so have we got a nice positive story to end on? <laughs> I suppose it was the Owen Jones one, really, wasn't it? But... Well, I mean, we Frida's gig was going to be the last one, but we've already spoken about that. So, oh no, we've not spoken enough about that. Okay, well, let's <laughs> go then, Frida.
No, 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 we, we've spoken about that, but it was really good. It was nice atmosphere. Thank you when, for driving me around and no, it's fine. What, what getting me into my wedding dress? So, there's another gig coming up next weekend. Do you want to just explain that one? Oh, I'm not doing a gig, no, but we're going to a thing. It's now. called Tranuary, Tranuary. In Manchester, yeah. So, it's like a little festival, all day festival at Soup Kitchen in Manchester. And there's a few drag acts on, and there's a few workshops, poetry, and, you know, like inclusivity events. And it's all based in Manchester City Centre. So that's Tranuary. Uh, you could probably find, if you just so search Tranuary. Just, just next Saturday. Just Saturday, yeah. Monday, yeah. Right. And, uh, yeah, there's a, few, there's, a, there's a daytime event. And then there's a club night after. There's like workshops and things you can do during the day, and then so a... the the club night will probably get a bit wild. An event at the evening, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to that. that. Should be good. So yeah, if you fancy letting your hair down and coming doing some art 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 therapy and poetry, come down to Soup Kitchen. That the the art stuff and the poetry will be during the day, and then there'll be a bit of a break, and then they'll have the club night from about seven, I think. So what are you going to during the day then? I'm going to the poetry workshop. You're going to brush up on your poetry skills? Yeah, I'm going to perf- try and perform something. And um, then I'll be doing some of the art stuff. And then I'll get changed, get into my nighttime attire. Nighttime attire. <laughs> yeah. I think we'll leave it there, right? Eh? I'll be drawing my eyebrows on even higher. <laughs> oh, dear. Hopefully there'll be some fit lads there. <laughs> right. Well, that I mean that concludes our uh, Sunday afternoon. Show. Oh, so soon. Gosh. I know it's. Well, anyway, thanks for watching. Thanks for watching. And don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe. Don't forget to like. Can we sing it in? Can we sing it in harmony? Don't forget to subscribe. You want? Are you ready? One, two, three. Don't forget to subscribe. That was terrible. We need to practice, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Okay. We probably need some music to do. Anyway. Yeah. So (laughs) thanks for watching. We will be back on Thursday. We don't have a topic yet, but we'll we'll come up with one before then. Yeah. Well. Um, And we've got we've got a special podcast coming out Tuesday, which is the interview with uh, Kirsty Miller. Trans inclusion is oh, so good. You can't miss Sharon Davis's comments. You, you don't want to miss that. You don't want to miss it. It's good. It's really good. And it's then we'll practice. Long. Two hours long, but it's good. And in the meantime, we'll practice our vocal harmonies. Well, we'll try to practice, yeah. Don't forget to subscribe. Okay. Time to say bye-bye. See you later. Bye.